0: 28K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The headlines, Carrie Lam's leadership gets the seal of approval as she makes her official visit to Beijing. The police chief tells the force it needs to rebuild public support. And in the United States, Donald Trump cries foul as races in Georgia, Pennsylvania and Arizona tighten. Beijing's top official on Hong Kong matters, Vice Premier Han Zheng, has commended Chief Executive Carrie Lam for overcoming various challenges this year from fighting the pandemic to implementing the new national security law. Francis Seat reports.
1: In a meeting in Beijing, Han Jin told Carrie Lam that the central government firmly supported her administration's governance. He said Mrs. Lam has been proactive and effective in leading her government to handle various challenges from COVID-19 to maintaining the SAR stability under Beijing's strong leadership. Mrs. Lam and her ministers are in the capital ahead of her policy address to discuss Hong Kong's economic recovery with State of officials. Mr Han said he had heard there was good news from those talks and he hoped Hong Kong could grasp the development of the country and make full use of its advantages. Mrs Lam meanwhile said she wanted to show there are many areas where Hong Kong can integrate into the nation's development. She said she deeply felt the central government's support for Hong Kong.
0: The police commissioner Chris Tang has spoken of the force's need to gather popular support after intense criticism of its handling of last year's social unrest. Protesters have accused officers of using excessive force, a claim police have strongly denied. Speaking at an annual ceremony to remember officers who lost their lives on duty, Mr. Tang said the force wouldn't let its guard down even though calm has returned to the SAR.
2: Following in the footsteps of
0: our dedicated predecessors. We have faced down protracted violence protests and managed to bring the light at the end of the tunnel towards peace and order. Yet this is not the time to let down our guard. We must prevent a resurgence of the violence since kindness has gradually returned to our community. It is just as important for us to gather popular support and continue to fight the epidemic with the public. Hong Kong football has been given a boost ahead of tomorrow's Sapling Cup games. For the first time in 10 months, fans can watch live, as Adam Jung reports. Yunlong and
1: Mongkok stadiums will open at 75% of their usual capacity for games tomorrow. Supporters will be allowed to sit in groups of no more than four on each row to ensure proper social distancing. They'll have to take temperature checks and fill in health declarations and wear masks properly while cheering their teams on. They won't be allowed to eat but can drink from cups and paper containers. Tickets will be on sale from 90 minutes before kickoff for the afternoon game in Yuen Long between Resources Capital and Southern District and the evening tie in Mong Kok where Eastern take on Happy Valley. It's a boost for the game here which has seen clubs
0: face immense financial stress due to the pandemic. In the United States, Tuesday's presidential election remains just about in the balance as leads continue to tighten in three key states. President Trump is now ahead by just 26,000 votes in Pennsylvania and fewer than 2,000 votes in Georgia, while Joe Biden has seen his lead in Arizona slip. At a White House news conference earlier, Mr. Trump again complained of electoral fraud. I'd like to provide the American people with an update on our efforts to protect the integrity of our very important 2020 election. If you count the legal votes, I easily win. If you count the illegal votes, they can try to steal the election from us. If you count the votes that came in late, we're looking at them very strongly. But a lot of votes came in late. In only his second public appearance since the election, the president said the system was corrupt. Several of his tweets alleging electoral fraud have been obscured by warning labels on Twitter. International observers say there's no evidence of electoral fraud. In stark contrast to his rival, Joe Biden has insisted that the vote counting process is working properly. In a brief televised address, the Democratic challenger called for calm. It is the will of the voters, not anything else, that chooses the president of the United States of America. Each ballot must be counted. Democracy is sometimes messy. It sometimes requires a little patience as well. Locally, the head of the Chinese Manufacturers Association says he believes a Joe Biden victory will increase the chances of Washington reversing its decision to force goods made in the SAR to carry a Made in China label. Raymond Young told an RTHK program that companies are already changing their labeling before the new rules take effect on Monday. Mr. Young says companies have other ways to make clear their products are from Hong Kong, but still want the decision reversed as a matter of principle. He said he did not expect a change in the U.S. administration's approach to tariffs on Chinese imports. Australia's federal court is hearing a case brought by teenage climate activists on behalf of young people around the world. The claimants, aged between 13 and 17, want to stop the expansion of a coal mine in New South Wales. The BBC's Phil Mercer reports from Sydney.
3: Eight Australian teenagers, supported by an 85-year-old Catholic nun, argue that the government has a legal duty of care to protect them against climate change. It's the first lawsuit of its kind by young people in Australia. They're seeking an injunction in the federal court to stop the expansion of a coal mine in northern New South Wales. Supporters of the resources industry have said children should be taught that coal, which generates much of the nation's electricity, is
0: an essential part of the Australian economy. The former president of Kosovo, Hashim Fatshi, has been arrested and sent to The Hague to face trial for alleged war crimes. His detention was announced hours after Mr Fatshi announced his resignation. He said he'd fight the allegations. The BBC's Guy Delaney reports. The Kosovo Specialist Chambers has now confirmed the indictment facing Hashim Thatchi and three other former leaders of the Kosovo Liberation Army. It says the four men are facing charges of crimes against humanity and war crimes, including illegal detention, torture and murder. The allegations cover the period in the late 1990s, when the KLA was fighting a guerrilla conflict against Yugoslav forces. The indictment says the defendants were part of a joint criminal enterprise to seize control of Kosovo and carried out a systematic attack against the civilian population. The French president Emmanuel Macron says he is doubling the deployment of security forces at the country's frontiers to tackle a growing terrorism threat. Speaking at the Spanish border, he said the force would include police and soldiers. The BBC's Hugh Schofield reports from Paris.
2: In theory, France has open borders with its European land neighbors under the Schengen Agreement. In practice, COVID has meant a return to border checks, and now with a heightened focus on terrorism and illegal immigration, France is increasing its police presence at its frontiers. The Nice attack a week ago in which three people were knifed to death in a church, was carried out by a Tunisian who'd crossed the month before to Italy and then arrived untraced in France. President Macron said the Schengen open border system had to be reconfigured with tighter protection of borders, and this would be France's priority at an EU summit next month.
0: The former Mexican Secretary of State Salvador Cienfuegos has pleaded not guilty at a court in New York to charges to drug trafficking and money laundering. He was arrested at Los Angeles airport last month. The BBC's Leonardo Rocha reports. This was the first hearing since General Cienfuegos was transferred to a jail in Brooklyn last week. He told the judge that as a Mexican soldier, he would never cooperate with those who threaten the life, dignity and safety of fellow Mexicans. Prosecutors say, however, that while in office until two years ago, he helped a violent cartel operate with impunity in Mexico and smuggle cocaine, methamphetamine, and other drugs into the U.S. His arrest last month came as a shock to Mexican officials and the armed forces, who are now threatening to review cooperation agreements with the United States for cross-border anti-narcotics operations. Bangladesh is today opening its first religious school or madrasa exclusively for transgender people. The madrasa in the capital, Dhaka, is seen as important for a community which still faces widespread discrimination in Bangladeshi society. The BBC's Jill McGivering reports.
3: About a hundred transgender students will study for free at this new privately funded madrasa. As well as studying Islam, they'll learn practical skills which may help them find jobs. Most of the students were born male but live as women and identify as Hijiras, a legally recognised third gender in Bangladesh. But although officially the community has won rights to education and employment, in reality, conservative social attitudes have been slow to change. Many leave home because their families are ashamed of them. They then struggle to earn a living in the cities by begging, singing and dancing at weddings and births, or through sex work.
0: Singapore is trying to revive its tourist industry, which has been hard hit by the coronavirus pandemic with the tentative resumption of cruises. The first of a series of voyages to nowhere is due to set off on Friday. The BBC's Suranjana Tewari reports from the city-state.
1: Singapore's tourism board is calling the first of these sailings round trips. They'll last for three days and two nights. There won't be any ports of call and the ships will operate at half capacity with stringent health protocols. Guests and crew will be required to have mandatory COVID-19 tests before boarding. Sailing in waters just off the coast of the city-state, the cruises are only available to people living here in Singapore.
0: Financial news, Bloomberg is reporting that ByteDance, the mainland owner of the controversial viral video platform TikTok, is looking at listing some of its key assets in Hong Kong. The report says the company is first looking to raise two billion U.S. dollars from investors. Sources said it would eventually value ByteDance at a massive 180 billion U.S. dollars. The U.S. Federal Reserve has kept its interest rates unchanged and pledged again to do whatever it can to sustain the recovery of the world's largest economy. Here in Hong Kong, the Monetary Authority says the Fed's decision was in line with market expectations. Currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at 103.42 yen, the euro is standing at 1 U.S. dollar and 18 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 18 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 25,630. That's 55 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $95 billion. Sports, here's Adam Jung.
1: We start with football and a shocking result on match day three of the Europa League. The Italian-Syria leaders AC Milan were stunned by the French side Lille, who came out 3-0 winners at the San Siro. The Turkish forward Yusuf Yazici stole the show from Zlatan Ibrahimović by scoring a hat-trick for Lille. Elsewhere, an injury-time equaliser helped 10-man Benfica come from 3-1 down to draw 3-3. Three with Scottish side Rangers. Leicester City and Arsenal both made it three wins out of three. Leicester were 4-0 winners over Sporting Braga. The Gunners came from behind to beat Norway's Molde 4-1. Joe Willock has scored for Arsenal in two straight Europa League games and believes it's only a matter of time before he gets to play in the Premier League. To be honest with you, I leave it to myself, you know, I'm trying to just work hard and and, and perform like I did today again, you know, and when I get a chance to play in the Premier League, hopefully I I can do the same. Tottenham defeated Ludo Goretz 3-1 in Bulgaria. Harry Kane marked his 300th appearance for Spurs by scoring his 200th goal for the club. And after last week's loss at Royal Antwerp, Spurs boss Jose Mourinho seemed a little happier this time.
0: I always expect from them uh, the maximum. Uh, so I'm quite uh, demanding and I'm never happy with, uh, with little the responsibility after we concede the first goal. And of course, I'm happy that we, we won the game quite, quite comfortably.
1: In tennis, Rafael Nadal continued his pursuit of a first-ever ATP Paris Masters title with a 6-1, 7-6 victory over Australia's Jordan Thompson. Nadal says he's expecting a tough quarterfinal against Pablo Carino Busta. Well, yeah, I had some tough battles against him. He's a, a great player. Um, He's playing great this year. Semifinals in uh, in, in the U.S. Open, then uh, I think quarterfinals in in Roland Garros, and now here playing well again. You know? So, yeah, will be a tough one. But we are in quarterfinals of of a Master Thousand, so you can't expect <laughs> uh, another thing. You know? So just hope to be ready for it. The NFL's Kansas City Chiefs closed their facility after practice on Thursday when a staff member tested positive for COVID-19, forcing the reigning Super Bowl champions to prepare remotely for Sunday's game against the Carolina Panthers. The Chiefs have the second-best record in the NFL, trailing only the perfect Pittsburgh Steelers who traveled to Dallas in Week 9. The Steelers have won seven in a row for their best start since 1978.
0: And that's your look at sports. Adam Jung reporting there. To end the news, our top stories once again. Carrie Lam's leadership gets the seal of approval as she makes her official visit to Beijing. The police chief tells the force it needs to rebuild public support. And in the United States, Donald Trump cries foul as races in Georgia, Pennsylvania and Arizona tighten. The news from RTHK.
2: I do my hair toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? I'll check my name.
3: Good afternoon and welcome to The 123 Show with me, Noreen May, on this Friday afternoon. Friday the 6th of November is today's date. Many thanks to Phil Whelan for the morning brew, and we really have a jam-packed program for you. We're starting today's show by chatting with Adam Minter, who's one of the authors of this year's Hong Kong International Literary Festival. And we'll be chatting about his work and also his latest book, which is called Second Hand, Travels in the New Global Garage Sale. And uh, we're starting the show in about, well, we'll go to him in about ten. Uh, in about a minute or so. And after 1.30, we'll hear all about the Moomin Charity Initiative uh, with organiser Karen Chang and also Lin Yao, who is the CEO of the Absolutely Fabulous Theatre Connection. And after the two o'clock news, the Agenda Cafe. And today we're focusing on women and gaming, this whole uh, woman gaming culture. And we'll be chatting uh, more to our guests, Kiko Bang, who is the CEO of Bang Singapore, aka Meleniza uh, which is a media, and she's a media producer and a lifelong gamer. Along with Alison Yang Jing, who is a writer and a curator in the field of video games. And finally, after 2:45, we'll be hearing about Enrich Hong Kong, which is one of the 19 charities that we're supporting in this year's Operation Santa Claus. And Peter Lewis will be talking to their communications manager, Zemira Montero. And of course, we want to hear from you as well so feel free to drop us an email our email address is 123show at rthk.hk you can also find us on Facebook uh, which is Noreen Meir on RTHK Radio 3 <laughs> to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, this afternoon. As you know, the Hong Kong International Literary Festival is well underway.
2: And from now until the 15th of November, you'll be able to go to the events in